What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk, the podcast, the insurgent bi-weekly. Okay, I think I want to change it from syllabus because not all learning happens in the walls of the academe, as we know. <laughs> and also, I just think that there's a different vibe now. So, what up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk, the podcast, the insurgent bi-weekly audio um, speakeasy. You know, it's like a place you hang out, but sometimes we'd be talking about some shit that would be considered illegal because <laughs> because of capitalism and white supremacy. So, um, yeah, I think I'm I'm going to start uh, saying the insurgent biweekly audio speakeasy. I am money <laughs> and I'm the host of this program. All right, let me drop the intro so I can just get into the podcast. Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your glow from a distance. Your vow to sight, my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light. I'm loving your soul. They hate you, replace you, take you, but know that you go. Worldwide from every continent. I just want you to jig a little bit. Move them hips, feel that bliss. Hug your sis, make a fist. Don't resist your temptation. You're amazing, no limitation. My favorite in this matrix. We move by your vibration, and that's love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love. I hope you hear that on a daily, cause baby, you love, you love. All right, so if you are looking for the podcast in the social media world, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at QueerWalkPod, P-O-D. Find us over on Facebook at Facebook.com slash QueerWalkPod. The Tumblr is QueerWalk.com. And you can listen on all your favorite podcasts, platforms, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, CastBox, Pocket Cast, all the spaces. There's two major ways you can help support and sustain Queer Walk the podcast. And I'm going to tell you about those two ways. The first way is by loving us out loud. Share the podcast in your like stories or put a friend onto it. Maybe put us in a group chat, you know, share the link somewhere. Request topics and queer walks of the week. You can send me your curve chronicles. Um, use the hashtag queer walk on all things uh, to talk the podcast. You know, just share. Let folks know you're listening. And the second way that you can contribute is by um, giving me your money so, so that I can get some help over here and continue to sustain, uh, you know, the mic being on. You can do that like one time for the one time at the Cash App, which is Dollar Sign Queer Walk Pod, P-O-D. Or you can become a sustainer of the podcast by heading over to the Patreon. I've been posting um, lives. If you've been missing the IG lives I've been doing on Euphoria, I've been posting them over on the Patreon. So the patrons have, you know, something exclusive (laughs) to look forward to. Um, and you you can give as much or as little as you can, you know, manage uh, monthly. But uh, yeah, just subscribe and you can get access to all the patron content and help me keep this podcast going. Patreon.com slash QueerWalkPod. All 
right, I'm going to move it on along to the Queer Walk, Queer Walk, Queer Walk of the Week segment. Um, And the Queer Walk of the Week or the Queer Pock of the Week is just where I shout out um, big ups, give flowers to some queer woman of color or some queer person of color that I think is doing dope and amazing things uh, that you should know about. And yeah, this one is no different. So um, I've been watching Athletes Unlimited Basketball. And so it made me, um, I don't know, just like into other sports. I think I'm going to try to get into soccer next. But um, yeah, in being exposed to Athletes Unlimited, I found out about this dope ass uh, softball player. And so Queer Rock of the Week this week is... Athletes Unlimited 2021 softball champion, Alicia Ocasio. So Ocasio graduated from the University of Florida, where she majored in African-American studies. And during her time as the picture for the Florida Gators, she set the program's record for combined shutouts. Uh, So I had to look this up because I'm not really into baseball not really into softball. So I didn't know what a shutout was. So when I looked it up, it said that a shutout is basically when the picture the pitcher pitches so pitchingly <laughs> that nobody is able to score on the other team. So she had a program record of 25 of those type games. So I just basically that means ain't nobody hitting it when Alicia is pitching. <laughs> Um, she made uh, the All-SEC first team and was named Pitcher of the Week back in 2018. She also pitched for the uh, Puerto Rico's uh, uh, softball national team in 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. Um, so she's just been out here not allowing these people to hit balls. <laughs> and in 2015, she helped Puerto Rico to a bronze medal at the Pan American uh, Games. So the setup of Athletes Unlimited, uh, the players, they play on teams, but they are earning points individually and then points also uh, like translate into money to a charity that they are playing for like in support of so the cause that Alicia champions is the NAACP legal defense fund and uh, she I, I saw this like little clip of her when I was watching a basketball game and she was like you know, I think it's important for me to uh, raise this issue, you know, as a woman of color and as a queer person. And I was like, oh, my gosh, so dope. And so, <laughs> so, yeah, so all her like points and wins in Athletes Unlimited goes to NA- the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. And uh, she's doing good for that cause because in 2021, um, she was. She was the highest scoring softball um, player in Athletes Unlimited and therefore uh, took the home net championship uh, after scoring 2,096 points in the Athletes Unlimited system. It also said that she pitched in 66 innings, which is more innings than any other Athletes Unlimited softball player. I, like I said, I'm not into softball, baseball, so I don't even know how many like games that is. Is that 66 games? I don't know. But um, what I do know is uh, Alicia's out here taking all the softball, <laughs> the softball records and um, streaks and things of the sort. Uh, so she's killing it, basically. 
Y'all know I'm not a softball person. I'm a basketball person. So, um, but another cute fact about uh, Alicia it, that crosses over into my domain, which is basketball, is she's also the wife of uh, Washington Mystics Natasha Cloud. They're so cute together. Um, they also have three dogs, and uh, that three dog life. I, I commend y'all people who do it. Um, my friend Christian has three dogs, and I'm just like. How? <laughs> so, um, yes, shout out to Alicia Ocasio for uh, not allowing anybody to hit a softball in the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> and uh, congrats, and hopefully, you know, you do equally as well this 2022 season um, of Athletes Unlimited. It's time for that Black Feminist Healing this, that real shit that make believe. Come on, money, please help me get my shit together. I listen to the moment when times get rough. Put on my headphones, turn it all the way up. Who's gonna give you grounding tips? There's nobody better. Oh, money, help me get my shit together. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and get into this week's mental moment. So the mental moment with money segment is the segment where I, um, Dr. Money, licensed marriage and family therapist, I just try to break down something related to mental health. I uh, attempt to give like, you know, tips and tidbits that I think would be helpful for our mental health or just like clarify some stuff that I see happening on the social media uh, therapy uh, timelines. (laughs) Okay, so this is a big change from last episode where I was talking about happy hormones, but I want to talk about the dark uh, triad of personality traits because I've been seeing a lot of reels and TikToks of people talking about narcissism. And so I wanted to talk about the other two dark triad personality traits and also kind of separate the difference between uh, narcissists and narcissism because, yeah, it's just like uh, me and my like coworkers and other therapists who work with folks uh, with narcissistic personality disorder are like out here being drained <laughs> and taken through it. And it's like that is not the same as these like, you know, being a narcissist is not the same as the narcissism that we experience from people. So I just want to kind of like separate between the two, (laughs) differentiate. So, okay, first, I feel like I have to give a little bit of a background of personality psychology before even talking about um, narcissism or the dark triad. So personality refers to um, like our distinctive patterns of how we think, how we feel and behave um, in social relationships and, and about ourselves. There's so many personality theories. I, I'm not even going to give a breakdown. Of, like there's there's too much of that for me to get into on Queer Walk when ain't nobody paying me uh, <laughs> professorship money to be doing that. So I'm not going to talk theory here, but just know that there is so much personality theory out there. The thing that they all sort of agree on, though, is that our personalities uh, are essentially understood on the basis of a combination of traits. 
So what is trait theory? Uh, so you've probably heard of something like ocean. Um, the the traits of personality are like openness to experience, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. A lot of us learn this in like psychology 101 <laughs> in undergrad. <laughs> um, but there's also been like an updated one, hexaco, which is um, oh, honesty, uh, emotionality, which is basically neuroticism, uh, extroversion, agreeableness, conscientiousness, and openness, right? So these are like the big five, or if you follow in Hexaco, big six traits that all of our personality types can be understood with. So those are the main ones, like the main traits, right? So yeah, how open are you to new experiences? How conscientious, meaning like, you know, value-driven, uh, uh, responsible stuff like that. Are you extroversion? I think we know that one. <laughs> Agreeableness, like, are you a friendly person to get along with? And neuroticism, being like, how big or not big do you dis- display emotion and stress? Yeah. So essentially, uh, personality psych says that all of our personalities are a combination of different iterations of those traits. Um, Some of y'all probably even know like your Myers-Briggs, like that's one type indicator, right? I remember back in the day, Tumblr, everybody used to have their Myers-Briggs in their bio. I think now we see um, (laughs) astrology functioning in a lot of the same way that people sum up their personality with their like sun, moon and rising, you know? So that's trait. That's trait personality psychology. But a little bit more than the way we talk about it, uh, personality traits uh, don't just describe our confidence or help us like compare ourselves to other people. Um, They outline our tendencies of how we think and process social interactions. Our personality traits do. They give us roadmaps for how we uh, most likely will behave in any given situation. Uh, personality traits have even been linked to some health and well-being outcomes and our relationships with others, obviously, because um, I remember I had this professor in personality psych who questioned if our personalities were ours or if they lived in the brains of everybody we know. <laughs> and it's like, um, that's where uh, systemic therapy comes in. And we know that our personalities are a dynamic between us and others. So these like ways that we can predict how we're going to be, that's what we call personality. It's also connected to our mental health, how we process stress, uh, obviously our relationships with other people, even um, our sense of reality, living in reality, right? So currently there's 10 diagnosable personality disorders uh, in the DSM-5. And let me know if y'all want me to do like a series on those because I've been thinking about doing a series on the personality disorders because I think they just are um, misunderstood and get kind of like a bad rep. So I wanted to do a series, but I didn't know if y'all would like that as a mental moment thing. So let me know. Let me know if you want to learn about the personality disorders. In order to for it to be classified a disorder, essentially one of your personality traits has to be up and stuck. It's like <laughs> it like it is long term, it's disruptive, it's pervasive in every relationship in your life, and it's causing di- like dysfunction and uh, disruption in your life. So even though narcissism is just one of these traits, uh, narcissistic personality disorder is one of these uh, diagnosable 
personality disorders. So it's one of 10. Okay, so now I get to run it back. After I, <laughs> after I kind of went down what personality is. So narcissism is not the same as narcissistic personality disorder for for all the reels out there and the TikToks <laughs> diagnosing people as narcissists. So what is narcissistic personality disorder? What makes someone a narcissist? So NPD is characterized by a significant impairment in your own functioning due to viewing everybody else as inferior to you, this in, uh, inflated sense, or the word they use in the DSM is grandiose, sense of self, and being intolerant to like disagreement. So you can't withstand somebody disagreeing with you. You can't withstand being questioned. Like if somebody asks you why you're doing something, a need for constant and excessive praise or admiration from others, uh, an impairment in being able to have empathy for others. So it's not that narcissists don't have empathy. It's that there's something um, uh, off about the way they go about uh, being empathetic for someone. So like empathetic only to the point that it serves them, for example. So it's like you don't see all of the impact you're having on me. You can't see it from my perspective in that way. You can only see it as far as it gets you what you want from me. Um, uh, another key thing that I haven't heard um, people talking about on social media about uh, narcissists is narcissistic personality disorder. Like they use, I don't know how to, okay, let me see how I can describe this. They use these uh, self-esteem boosts to regulate their emotions. Narcissistic uh, personality disorder or being a narcissist is like a a, a maladaptive coping tool, right? It's just like a coping strategy um, that, that unfortunately like impacts everybody else around you in a very negative way. So um, what narcissists are trying to do is like essentially like stay out of fight, fight or freeze mode by boosting their self-esteem. That's the way they, they ground, you know? <laughs> You know, and so how that comes out is like everybody is uh, beneath me. I'm better than everybody. This like constant, constant uh, boost and bragging up and bigging up themselves. But like they're doing it to regulate their emotions. And I had to like go, go all the way back <laughs> to like where I tagged it in the DSM because I was like, I don't know how to. How do I talk about like what is missing from this conversation around narcissism? And I'm like, oh. Um, and then another conversation I had with um, some of my coworkers where we we really been struggling. It's like, how do we find empathy for a narcissist <laughs> to like show up for them as therapists, you know? And so um, this is the part that I went back to to kind of like, I don't know, have some kind of like, oh, all you're trying to do is regulate. But the way you're regulating... <laughs> You know, so try to have some some of that to be able to work with folks with narcissistic personality disorder. Um, so in that, you, you can see like uh, things like them setting goals based on a gaining approval from others so they can get that self-esteem boost. And also a lot of attention seeking behavior, because when people are paying attention to them, that's when they feel comfortable. 
So to meet this uh, criteria, this diagnosis, you have to have you have to display all of these. Like I said about personality uh, disorders, they're kind of like traits of our personality go up and they get stuck. <laughs> so you might have heard some of this stuff in here that you relate to because narcissism is a trait. So we all land somewhere on the spectrum of narcissism. There, there's a narcissistic personality inventory, I think. That's what it's called. But um, I know it scores you from 1 to 40. And most people fall around the high teens range. So <laughs> we're, we're, most of us are, are pretty much in the middle on the narcissism scale. <laughs> and um, people that we would diagnose as narcissistic personality disorder um, are high 30s scores, right? And uh, there's consistent research that only about 1% of the population will fall into this, even though you would think that the numbers are skyrocketing, how much people are <laughs> talking about narcissism. It, it's, on, it's only estimated that about 1% of the population could be diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder. So I don't know. Does, is that, does that make it clearer? Like you can, you can, exhibit narcissism, you know, that doesn't make you a narcissist. Um, yeah. So I think it's like important to make the distinction, you know, <laughs> because it's a trait. Like I said, we all, you know, we all have these moments of being like, you know, fuck your feelings, you know, <laughs> you know, where it's like, it's about us. We, it, we choose, um, empathy that serves us only, you know, it's like, we all have those moments, but being stuck, in that mode is what uh, defines narcissistic personality disorder, along with all the other things I mentioned. So again, narcissism is only one of three personality traits that make up uh, the dark triad of personality traits. I took this amazing class in undergrad, I think, called um, Dark Psychology, and it was all about like these, this type of uh, trait and diagnoses things um, around uh, the the dark triad. So I wanted to break down a few of those and then kind of say which ones can are diagnosable and which ones are just like, oh, this is a personality type. Yeah, so building off of narcissism. So narcissism is the first of the three um, of the dark triad. The second is Machiavellianism. And the third, which I always forget, <laughs> I don't know why, uh, Vaughn said it was because most of the people on Euphoria <laughs> are this, and, but, and I'm watching it all the time, so it's just like slipping past me. But the third of the dark triad traits is a psychopath or psychopathy, <laughs> and I always forget it. So it's narcissism, Machiavellianism, and psychopathy. Let me break these down. So narcissism, like we talked about before, right, um, it shares this ability to be manipulative uh, with Machiavellianism. So Machiavellianism which is what I think people are actually kind of like talking about when they talk about their interactions with folks that they um, call narcissists. It's the like highly manipulative and amoral like way of, of getting um, things from people and your needs met. High mocks are calculating. They're strategic in their relationships. They will only have a relationship that serves a purpose 
and are usually solely future focused because they're like really goal directed and the way they go about getting these goals met is my is by manipulating the people around them. So that's Machiavellianism. Um, yeah. And, and when, so when I, when I see a lot of people posting about like their interactions with narcissists, I'm like, oh, that actually sounds like Machiavellianism. Uh, and someone was being Machiavellianistic, you know, <laughs> you know, hit them with the words. What? Give them the language. Okay. <laughs> Um, and last but not least, the third trait of the dark triad is psychopathy. Um, most people have heard of uh, psychopathy being a, a psychopath. It shares uh, selfishness with narcissism, um, but psycho- psychopaths lack empathy. They cannot register any impact on someone else or that somebody else has an emotional self that they might be impacting. So like in, in narcissism, they're in, they lack empathy in the point as they only see how you feel to the point where it serves them. Um, in psychopathy, there's no, <laughs> no being able to see how you feel. Um, and also psychopathy includes a lack of remorse for causing harm. So you you can't access that other people have emotions uh, and you lack remorse when you cause harm because of course you do. You know, you don't you don't register that you hurt somebody else. Right. So my favorite psychopath is Villanelle from <laughs> Killing Eve. <laughs> um, but yeah, so psych- uh, psychopathy. So uh, you actually can't get diagnosed as a psychopath or a sociopath. The closest diagnosis to that is like antisocial personality disorder. So, and again, if y'all want that personality disorder series, let me know. <laughs> um, okay, so that is the dark triad: narcissism, Machiavellianism, and psych and psychopathy. So, maybe someone isn't a narcissist. Maybe they're just exhibiting narcissism. Um, but maybe they could be a psychopath <laughs> or Machiavellianistic. So, you know, categorize them accordingly. <laughs> All right, y'all. So here is where I would do the topic segment, which is our queer potpourri segment. It's just where I talk about all things that don't really fit into the other segments. I don't have like a proper topic this episode, But I just wanted to thank everybody who uh, came through the the live on professional harm in support of Philandy Jean, um, one of my boos, my siblings, uh, and also, you know, a a black queer MFT um, who was totally um, professionally abused, groomed, manipulated by uh, Dr. Monique Walker. Uh, through queer queer affirmative therapy, and uh, also I just I guess want want this to also be a warning if folks are looking for therapists and come across Dr. Monique Walker. Queer affirmative therapy is not a real practice anymore. It was dissolved. All the therapists who are on the site, including myself, are no longer there. Um, she's just literally out here using uh, QAT queer affirmative therapy to lure in clients to this like non-existent practice. Um, and 
In this, she she was formerly Philandi's clinical supervisor and just totally abused that role uh, and started this practice with Philandi and took money from Philandi, owes Philandi money for buying out of that and has just totally refused to respond. And so now it has gotten legal. And so I just I just wanted to kind of like recap that here. And thank everybody who's been sharing it so that Philandi can have her demands met from Dr. Walker, who's refused to take accountability for this harm. And it, I just, like, can't thank y'all enough because, yeah, working there and, like, being in that situation and I have shared my therapy journey with y'all about how uh, awful these gatekeeper people can be. And that's why, like, the therapy field looks the way it looks. Um, But to have that done by like another black queer therapist to a younger black queer therapist is just so fucked. And it meant a lot to see y'all's messages of support for y'all to come through the live and listen to Philandi's experience. And the live is still up, too. So if you want to go over to Instagram and watch it um, to hear more about what Philandi experienced uh, at the hands of Dr. Walker. Yeah, I think it just I think it it just is heartbreaking and it just re really really uh uplifted me to see y'all like sending love and support to Philandi. It's it's really hard to be a black queer therapist, y'all. A a, a loving one. It's really a supportive one, uh an ethical one, a radical one. Uh, it's really hard. All right, y'all, I'm going to move it on along to Curved Chronicles. And Curved Chronicles is the segment where I talk about my dating woes and wins or your dating woes and wins. Just slide in the DMs and just tell me your Curved Chronicle and (laughs) I'll talk about it here. I don't have any Curved Chronicles this episode. However, I got a letter from uh, Calendula. (laughs) So Calendula... Uh, writes, I got a letter, like I got some, some mail from Calendula. Calendula sent me a DM with her Curved Chronicles. <laughs> um, so Calendula writes, hey, Dr. Money. Uh, so I am newly single and back on these streets. <laughs> I recently started talking to this lesbian woman I had previously seen casually. Yesterday, she told me that she's very serious about her Christianity and believes God will change her and make her straight. I grew up in a religious household, and it took a lot to unlearn the shame and rejection of homophobic Christians. What should I do? I like her, but more importantly, I see my younger queer self in her, but I'm not sure it's my place to try and change her mind. Please help. Uh, congratulations on oh thanks oh <laughs> yeah and then calendula says really nice things about me coming back from the podcast uh to the podcast thank you calendula um so what should you do okay i will just tell you um what i observe here and what i would do because i <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for whatever you do out here choosing to do, Calendula, okay? But, um, and I think I will also say, you know, this might be a hard conversation to hear if you are a queer person who has uh, experienced, like, you know, 
uh, religious harm and stuff. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I, I am not, so I don't know if I'm going to talk too much about that, but, um, yeah, just wanted to say just, in, just a blanket statement in case I do and, uh, folks need to like fast forward. I'll put the like timestamps and I always put the timestamps for the segments in the episode. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. I, this is, this is what I think Calendula, um, Two, so two things. The first is I think there is a difference between someone who doesn't want to be like public about a relationship, like someone who's not out, and someone who believes that this is a wrong way of being in relationship to be gay, right? And so like if it's a sin or if it's wrong or whatever, I think it's different if like, you know, it's like, oh, I'm like navigating my identity in this way and I don't want these people to know and for employment and safety and all these things, you know, that's different. I I feel like that's not the same as, yeah, it's not, it's just not, it's just not the same as thinking that there's anything inherently wrong with being gay. But thinking that, this is wrong because of religious beliefs. It It is. It's like a fundamental value that you have that this is not an appropriate way to be in love. And I don't know if I could be with someone who had that as like a framework that they were basing their lives off of. <laughs> um, yeah. Because then I'm like, for me, what a relationship means is like we have some kind of like shared understanding, shared politics, shared value about the future and working towards that together to achieve it. And if you follow a religion that believes that our way of, of, of existing is wrong, I just don't think that we would have enough of a common, <laughs> a common whatever, a shared whatever to build a relationship on. Um, the other thing I was thinking is that... Uh, you are identifying with like this past version of yourself that knows what it's like to be in like spaces with homophobic Christians. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's a, if that's a good thing to see in a partner, a potential partner. Cause, cause you're trying to go into like caregiver or fixer mode for a past version of yourself through this partner that you see in that past version of yourself. And I just think when you start to try to heal your parts in relationships, it's, it's always a recipe for disaster. <laughs> like, um, I think it's much better to like self-reflect on parts of that past version of yourself that might be in pain. You didn't even realize was still in pain from having experienced uh, those like religious hurts in that way. Um, but I think... Yeah, I just think anybody who can't reconcile their religion with their sexuality, um, I just I just don't know how to inhabit a relationship with somebody like that. She's told you that her religiosity leads her to believe that God will make her straight one day. So, like, what what does that mean as far as you having a relationship with her? Like, it just, it seems pretty impossible. Or at least, like, you're, you're going to have a relationship that's constantly on borrowed time until she 
becomes corrected by God. Like what? Um, I think all that just sets you up to have a, a really lopsided caretakery ass relationship that I definitely wouldn't want to have. So I don't know, Calendula, that's where I'm at. And I mean, part of my reaction to this too is, oh, just poor baby to the, <laughs> to the woman that you're interested in. Like, cause it's making me think that she needs representation of queer Christians who have done the hard work of, um, it's like, it's like, um, like a, a paradigm shift to start to believe in an entity, a power that does not see you as less than or wrong. Um, that's a whole shift away from being taught. Like this, uh, this really harmful, like, you know, gayness is a sin, Christianity, God stuff out. You know, it's just like, that is a, um, that's just like a fundamental shift in your like meaning making system. Uh, and so I feel really bad for her. And also like, I'm just thinking about how do you get to this point in your life without, um, doing that reflection and uh, seeing, you know, other queer Christians. And so it's like, I just, I just feel like, wow, how, how, what does her community look like? Poor thing. Um, so yeah, it's like, I have that space of like, oh, uh, maybe I'm in my empathy bag because of the mental moment this episode, but it's just like, that is also a part of my reaction. But I just know that I could not be in a relationship or even dating someone who still has like a religious or meaning making system that says we are wrong because we love each other. So yeah, I, I couldn't do it. Uh, Calendula. I hope that helped. <laughs> so yeah, y'all, uh, that will be the episode, this episode. Uh, you can find me on all the things at Queer Walk Pod. Um, send me a message on all the things. Use the hashtag Queer Walk to respond to all things the podcast. And I will catch y'all next episode. Um, happy Black History Month, Black people. Uh, be, stay out here making Black futures possible. <laughs> This episode of Queer Walk the Podcast was made possible thanks to the monetary contributions of Callie, Katrina, Erica, and Nicolette, who all became new patrons. Thanks, y'all. This episode was also made possible by the listeners in Clapham, UK, Williamstown, Massachusetts, and Hackensack, New Jersey.